Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to Cavs a Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Evil Genius. Hello. It has been a tumultuous week this past week in Cavs land. Not only what we are about uh, 10 days from uh, the Cavs losing the finals, and about a week after that, uh, uh. David Griffin was out on uh, on Tuesday. I don't even think a week. Uh, he was out Tuesday night, I believe. Yeah. And uh, we went, we, six o'clock, he was supposedly negotiating a trade, and 7.30, it was, uh, it was curtains. Yeah, so. nothing like going into the draft with no GM on board, but sure. Yeah, well, in, in their defense, they didn't have any, you know, the other side of that coin is they didn't have any draft picks. There was a rumor that they were going to buy in for Ivan Robb at the beginning of yeah. the second round, and... There's but. no defense. There's no defense, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I gave you a bit of a taste of this. I'm gonna start this off with with probably my my biggest rant slash hot take of what this is. I have nothing against Chauncey Billups, other than the fact that he has absolutely zero uh, resume or um, experience being a, the general manager of any NBA team ever other than maybe what the, the Ice Cube 3-on-3 three three league that he's not playing in because he's taking the weekend to decide whether or not he wants arguably one of the one of the, the top couple of jobs in the NBA right now. It's, I don't blame the guy for wanting to take time to, to think about it. The guy I blame is Dan Gilbert. And I, I on one hand, I've been pretty steadfast in, in my support of, of – the fact that I, I defend Dan Gilbert to a lot of people when they say he's crazy and he makes bad decisions and whatever because here's a guy that, that spent the money. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. He did it the first time, and the only real misstep he made was uh, a Comic Sans letter in the heat of the moment that, that soured his relationship further with LeBron and his team. But there was enough there for them to get past that when he went, flew down to Miami and met with LeBron four years, three or four years ago, whenever that was, to come back. And since LeBron came back, for the most part, Dan Gilbert has stayed out of the public eye. He has done exactly what, and what you would want an owner to do. He's written the checks. He's never stopped writing the checks. He didn't. Involve himself. Well, there's one me. check he didn't write, and well, that was yeah, to but, David but Griffin. I'll to, but, I'll, <laughs> but I'll get to that. But uh, you know, the only other thing that Dan Gilbert's done 
since LeBron came back that I was like, eh, okay, and you sort of forgive it a little bit is the was the Kay Felder move, which which felt like a total Gilbert decision on that front. Um, but here's where you look at it and you say, what? It, it, I, fine, you want to you want to let the guy go. You don't want to be held hostage to the rumor was that that Griffin wanted six or seven million dollars a year. Um, to be the general manager of the Cavs, and you know, I mean, maybe he wasn't worth that, and that's fine. And you don't want to be held held hostage. Bad business for Dan Gilbert. That's fine. What else? The other thing that's bad business is making a, a knee jerk decision like that. When guess what? David Griffin's still on your pay. You're still paying David Griffin until June 30th. That's what his contract says. You didn't. You didn't uh, fire the guy. You just decided not to renew his deal. Or, or you could have just done that rather than, you know, jump the gun eight days ahead of time and say, no, nah, this guy's out of here the day or two days before the draft when he's in the middle of trying to make trades, franchise altering trades, potentially. So the, the rumors have said. And the fact that even forgetting the fact that the Cavs didn't have a first round draft pick and maybe they were going to try to buy into the second, the second round, but y- you go into not only the the draft but also the free agency the beginning of free agency period with Kobe Altman who's what the the second second assistant GM since Trent Ass- assistant to the traveling secretary yeah but <laughs> that's my point like even if Chauncey Billups takes the job tonight while we're on this podcast he's not going to be ready for free agency he's just not uh, because I- have he doesn't have any experience. He'll be counting on guys, other guys' opinions. So I, I, I don't even think that the the free agency period that we're about to go through is going to have the is going to be a true telling of where Chauncey Billups' heads at. I think you the the you start to see that at the trade deadline next next season. Well, okay. So to a couple of your points. The first one being, you know, making David Griffin work out the string and work out the rest of the month that I'm not going to make that judgment just because I don't know everything that happened and everything that was said. But if the guy doesn't want to be there and he tells you he doesn't want to be there and he says, you know, I'm resigning or whatever, you can't. Unless he's 100 percent in, you can't make him work because that's just a recipe for disaster. And so I, I'll cut him some slack there. The other thing is there's been lots of reports that part of the issue or much of the issue was money and that uh, David Griffin wanted close to $10 million a year. And that well, was, I hadn't heard that number. I'd, I'd heard six or seven. But. Well, I, I'd heard close to 10. I, I think it was uh, uh, Russillo uh, reported that. I, these guys are certainly capable of, you know, picking up the phone call and making the tra- having the trade talk and and whatnot. Because ultimately, Dan Gilbert probably has signed off on every deal that they've made for the last three, four, five, seven years. Um, it's not, and it's not rocket science. I mean, yeah, working the cap is hard, but. There's guys, I'm sure those guys know how to do that. Those are probably the guys that do it anyway. You know, you heard the rumor, quote-unquote, that there was a trade that fell through uh, on draft night for Ivan Robb uh, 
and it was because the Cavs couldn't get all their ducks in a row or whatever. I don't believe that. Um, I don't know why they wanted Ivan Rob. Well, yeah, you know more about Ivan Rob than than I do. He's basically another Tristan Thompson, right? As a I, long, he's no, a little bit anything. better shooter. I don't know anything about Ivan Rob. Oh, okay. I know his name because <laughs> I heard the rumors too. But I mean, I I really didn't pay much attention to the draft beyond, um, you know, just the top couple. I wanted to see what what those top three teams would do. And then really after that, I kind of lost. I mean, that that draft was, I stayed on the thread for a while, but that that draft was so boring after the Jimmy Butler trade. It was just like watching paint dry. It was pretty dull. It was like watching the sixth and seventh round of the NFL draft, to be honest. Yeah. After 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 you got past the lottery, so. Um, so, so Ivan Rob is a is a guy with some range, and uh, right because they need another he, guy like that. He's a well, he's a rebounder. He, he but he can shoot. Um, he did have range out to three in college. So uh, rebounder, he's a, shot he's, blocker, but he's but, a rookie. But he's yeah. a rookie. How how much is that going to help your team? No, I know. Zero, I know what you're the, saying. The only thing he would be it would be trade trade fodder, <laughs> along with. Chetty Osman. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry, I mean, just ahead. to be re- just to be real, I mean, just to put a fine point on it from from my side, though, like I just don't understand. This seems like just such a bad business move from Dan Gilbert. And if you're if you're in this position, I mean, the rumors were, were that he wanted that he wanted Chauncey for a little while here. So have it teed up better. Yeah. Be have, know that the guy know before you go into that meeting with Griff. Know that the that the guy that you want to replace him if he makes you blink is in your back pocket because he's yeah. clearly wasn't. So yeah, and and also maybe have that discussion a little sooner, <laughs> you know. Well, sure, uh, or or a little late, so you know that he. I mean, what either way, like yeah. again, you you had the June thirtieth deadline with Griffin on the clock, like. I, if Griffin was making phone calls to try to set up trades at six o'clock that night, like, well, then, then clearly you could have waited. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, I've heard a lot of rumors. You've heard it's that he didn't want to give up certain players. Uh, maybe it was just a no, another negotiating session and went out of hand. I mean, I'm which not certain, trying to which certain players because the the love. I mean, clearly not Kevin Love because Kevin Love's still been in these trade discussions that we yeah. will talk about in a minute. But so, what were you saying, Kyrie? Like he doesn't want to give up Kyrie? Like maybe? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I we've, a, we've heard that, the rumors. I've heard the rumors every way it goes around. Yeah, um, it, it's it's hard to know what to believe, and and that's kind of my the biggest thing that annoyed me last week. And so your beef was with. Dan Gilbert, my beef last week, and I don't take this out on these guys very much, but I thought Cavs fans lost their damn minds last week. Well, yeah. uh, First of all, the doom and gloom of, oh, LeBron is leaving, LeBron is leaving, and it's like, are we really going to go down that road? Are you really going to spend an entire year worrying about what's going to happen at the end of the next season when... Because we're Cavs fans, right? Right. Well, uh, and, and then the other thing of it being like, oh, the Cavs are terrible all of a sudden. They have to trade Kevin Love. You have to make these moves. It's like, 
No, you don't because yeah. you're literally in the finals. Oh, and after the draft, everybody in the East got worse. I mean, maybe the Celtics were nominally better because they added a lottery player, but um, and, and you know who knows what's going to happen after free agency. But uh, let's not kid ourselves. the The Cavs have the easiest path to the finals in the NBA oh, next year. Yeah. Well, um, that and and I, I I'm with you on that. I, my my beef with Dan Gilbert isn't even that he got rid of Gil they got he got rid of, rid of Griffin. My beef with Dan Gilbert is he wasn't prepared and he and he no, no, showing no, I know. That he wasn't prepared. That's that's all. Like otherwise <laughs> I know but had, I, this is if, my beef they, time. <laughs> I know I know but I just to just to finish cuz I know people will say oh evil genius is all mad at Dan Gilbert now. No, I'm not. I'm mad at the way that Dan Gilbert handled the situation. But well, you I don't can believe, absolutely but, but you I don't can absolutely believe, be a fan of someone and criticize the sure, job that they did. But I don't did. believe I'm not saying I because I, I, I'm not using this as a as a oh well without David Griffin the Cavs are going to fall to pieces because I don't or that or that somehow that's a no, a, pre, yeah. a, a precursor to LeBron leaving next summer. I don't think LeBron said all the right things that he needed to say about Griffin in public and with his tweet. And, you know, I, I think he, 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 he doesn't mind taking a few shots at Dan Gilbert. Cause even it's always been that, that, uh, you know, that, that uneasy alliance between the two of them. So I, I don't think that's, but I don't think that translates. And I, and to, I'm just to supporting your point and go ahead on your, on your, your rant, your continue with your, with your rant. I I'm, done with Dan Gilbert now. <laughs> well, I mean, it just seemed like an ever escalating series of overreactions. I mean, I and I'll admit I overreacted about Dan Gilbert or about David Griffin when it happened because it was a shock and the the timing of it was very very like you said, very poor. Yeah. And it was a it was a bad look. But everybody losing their mind for the next week and coming up with these insane trades and these trades that are never going to happen. And then just, and then everybody throwing everybody on that team under the bus and, uh, it's doom and gloom. And, you know, we're ridiculously spoiled. I mean, three straight finals with the best finals victory. One of the best finals victories you could ever ask for a you know, yeah, they kind of wore down at the end here, and yeah, there's some issues that they have to address, but, you know, this is still an elite team with three bona fide all-stars, and I... It's still have, the best team in the East. Yeah, and I have an absolute... And I would argue the second best team in the league. I don't think any of the teams in the West would have beat this Cavs team except for the Warriors. Um, I, I, and I believe that. I mean, I just don't see the Cavs look better than every the Rockets. They look better than the Spurs to me. It just the the Warriors were better, and they they yeah won the, the Warriors were head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't say shoulders. I'd just say head. <laughs> but that's my been my beef all year. It's I don't think the Cavs were nearly as far away as they thought they were, but they didn't do some fundamental things that they had to do. But I and I'm also irritated as hell of everybody was like, we got to get Kevin Love. We got to get Kevin Love. We got to get Kevin Love three years ago. And then Kevin Love had the best playoffs of his career. And then now it's like, oh, we got to get rid of Kevin Love. We can't beat the Warriors with Kevin Love. And it's like, 
I don't. It's ridiculous. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't know if that's necessarily. I don't think the narrative is so much we can't be Ke- we can't be the Warriors oh, with, totally with Kevin Love. Think I think it's true. more we need. I think it's more we need the shiny new toy to compete with with the Warriors. Yeah, and I think people get bored. And I know people get bored with excellence and they get bored and they want to create drama. And it's like, just be happy with what you have. Go root for these same guys you've rooted for the last three years. And and yeah, I'm a big Kevin Love fan. I don't want to see him go. I especially don't want to see him go for a guy that could be a one-year rental. Um, it, it just, to me, it's a really bad look for fans. And I, I really... I feel like a lot of people are turning on Kevin Love, and that that annoys me uh, immensely. The, and and I'm not a root for laundry guy either. So, but I I, I am. I mean, I that's where we'll, dif- we'll we'll differ on that. Because I mean I, I mean even though I've lived out here for the last 20 years, I I still can't get away from being a Cleveland sports fan because it's yeah. in my blood and I grew up with it. So I, I always root for laundry, and and that's why you know that's just it's just it's just you know. We're we're all different, but I think to the to the degree that people, and it's what it's always been. It's 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 only increased in in terms of the twenty four hour news cycle and the and social media and woge bombs. It was nothing more annoying than having uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and the the team at the vertical tell me who teams were drafting two two and three picks ahead of time. Because it's like, ah, you know, the, it takes all the element of surprise out of it at all. So it's like, yeah, that's great, guys. But, you know, I, I'd like to, like, see if just witness the reaction and see how that is. So, yeah. And um, you know, it'll be interesting is if he'll be allowed to do that if he when he goes to ESPN, if they're running the draft. You know right. what I mean? Probably it's like, not. yeah, I, probably. I, if I was ESPN, someone, I'd be like. But, if it's not him, someone someone will. That's just the, it, it, the information, whether it's real or not, rumor, conjecture. It's all currency these days, and that's the that's what all of us, all of the Cleveland fans, start to buy into, which is this idea of of you know. Last year was weird because we didn't know how to be champions, and it took a long time, and it was and it was like. You'd have to. I know. I I went through it. I had to keep reminding myself that they were the champions with how bad they played in the second half of the season, and then the playoffs roll around, and you watch them just you just weed whack their way through the East. And and I agree with you. Like I don't think they're that far away from the from the Warriors. I just think they all the things. And I don't always agree with Windhorse, but I think he was right. I think all the things that that they should have been doing during the year, regardless of winning or losing, they should have been working more on the defensive fundamentals and getting more rest for LeBron. And I know it's, I mean, I don't subscribe to the whole mileage theory, but I do think that he was he really benefited last year from being as as fresh as he was, and he still had a tremendous finals and a tremendous playoffs in general but um but you know he he looked exhausted a lot more than I, this year this year even in the playoffs than than he seemed well, last I year think they leaned on him a lot more this year i don't think their bench well, was nearly as good no and, and i think you know the the darren williams had like one good series in the playoffs but otherwise was kind of you know kind of a showed why he went from being a perennial all-star to a backup 
on uh, on most teams that he's played for the last like five years. So, um, you know, or, or a token starter. Yeah. Well, and then Tyron Lue had clearly showed that he he had trust issues with with bench guys. Uh, you know, he didn't really want to have those guys out there and he he leaned on lebron and, and not just lebron but Kyrie and and kevin love too and you know for the most part these guys all stepped up in the playoffs they they yeah. they really did and there were a couple of bad games but those bad games i mean we can i mean what do they say if ifs and butts were candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas but <laughs> the truth is but the truth is they they had game three and if they yeah. had and if they they'd held on for game three, that that series would have gone seven. I'm convinced of it. Okay. And a seven a seven game series, whether you win or lose, that's that's giving yourself a chance, and that's showing the world that hey, we're not that far away. Like they added Kevin Durant, and we still took him to seven games. That's the that's the that would have been the narrative, as opposed to the narrative of well, they won one, but Kevin Durant and the rest of the Warriors was too much for them. And now that leads to, well, what can they do? Well, the only thing they can do, the only movable part they really have is Kevin Love. I mean, if um, they want to blow it all up, they can move Kyrie Kevin and Kyrie. But, yeah, yeah, but n- they're not going to move Kyrie. That's the right. that's. I mean, for all of the the agita that we sometimes have over Kyrie not being a two way player, they're not going to trade that guy. That guy hit the arguably the biggest shot in playoff history. Like that, right. he's. He's not going anywhere until, unless or until LeBron would decide to leave. And then he's, if, again, the rumors are to be believed, he would be next up. Although he wouldn't be forcing a trade to Chicago anymore, that's for sure. So, um, so it, it's just, it's the, it's the narrative. We all get wrapped up in it because we've spent an entire season watching and listening and reading and, and going through all the all of the machinations and and hearing what the experts have to say, and ultimately because there there are no games and we don't have any draft picks, there's only really one thing you can focus on, which is well, who could they move to make the team better? If you believe that they need to be better than they were, or if they just need to be a better defensive team and have a better bench going forward, and that's where. I agree with you. Like, I think the the focus should be more on the on the fringes. On how do we upgrade Shumpert? How do we upgrade Channing Frye? How do we upgrade Darren Williams? How do we find is Kyle Korver the guy they should take advantage of his bird rights and and pay him? You know, the the going rate to make sure that you've got a sharpshooter, uh, you know, a Ray Allen type sharpshooter on your team. Um, I don't know. I mean, those are those are the questions that should be being asked right now. Not, hey, can we get Paul George or Jimmy Butler? Well, not Jimmy Butler anymore, but can we still get Paul George <laughs> for, for Kevin Love? Yeah. And so, yeah, said they don't want Kevin Love, so it's all about these three team packages where it's like, all right, well, we'll give Kevin Love to somebody else, preferably not an Eastern Conference foe, so he's got motivation to to beat us more than twice a year, and you know, and then. We bring in the shiny new toy, which would be Paul George. But you know, if Paul George, if if that, well, we can get into the trade. But yeah, well, you know, well, I'll, hold on, I'll, hold I'll, on, I'll, just I'll, a second. <laughs> so, um, and and not to cut you off, but uh, so one of the things that you, I mean, you touch about on narrative, and one of the things that annoyed me I, about the fans 
and it was that and and it wasn't just the fans it was also the media is everybody wants to play into these Cleveland fears that LeBron is leaving again and that and it just goes back to our old fears of you know we're a second rate region uh we're not good enough and you know and everybody just buys into this and buys into this and buys into this and it really annoys me the other part of it being it's like okay remember what time of year it is there's so much bs being slung around this time of year that you just cannot trust any of it i mean david aldridge had the best quote on tony kornheiser the other day it's like why doesn't like covering the draft and i would say this extends out to this entire two weeks it's because no one tells you the truth and I feel like you, no matter what happens, you're not going to get the truth 80% of the time unless you're watch and it's 15 minutes before a story's going to break that it it's all, everything else is BS. You know yeah, what I mean? I agree. And I agree. why are you just driving yourself insane about all of this? You know? Oh yeah. And, I, and, look, I, I tried to tune it all out for the yeah. last couple of weeks and I've stayed predominantly off the off the even the blog because a i didn't want to see all the the golden state celebratory stuff <laughs> b i didn't want to i i specifically didn't want to hear about what who, who they might trade kevin love or Kyrie, whoever for uh and then the the truth is i only tuned back in because of what happened with griffin because right. that's such a a seismic change in the organization even though I don't think it will ultimately, as long as, as long as, I mean, Dan Gilbert can still recover from this, and so can the Cavs, because as we all know, like the like the GM office is is, you know, ultimately it's a it's a for the most part it's that kind of group think anyways, but um, but I, I did think I I liked Griffin. I thought he did bring a lot to the team. I don't think oh. he brought ten million dollars worth a year worth to the team, but. But I, I think he and, and who knows if you can believe that number that either. Yeah. I don't know if you can believe that number either. No, I, again, it's all like you said. It's all smokescreen and hyperbole, and <laughs> and no one knows the truth except for the people that are actually talking about or making the deals. So, yeah, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm with you. I, I, I would rather just keep the keep the core intact and and find a guy who can make changes on the fringes. Wait, wait for the inevitable mellow buyout and yeah. possibly the D Wade buyout, and you know maybe even the Rondo buyout. Like yeah. I, I think Rondo would be a better choice coming off the bench than Darren Williams would. I'll agree with you. Um, so and, and one of the things I wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, so there's the whole, uh, what's his uh, Pat Riley thing about the disease of more, with right. the, with uh, the playoffs and. I really feel like the fans this year for Cleveland were really suffering from the disease of more. It's like, yeah, getting to the finals and winning one out of the last three is not not good enough for us. You know, we've got we've got a, and I'm not saying you. I'm just it's a vibe oh, I'm getting. It's certainly not me. I, yeah. I'm honestly, I, I mean, the truth is, I want to be a responsible organization. I like when there's stability. I, I don't. The the thing I don't like about about most Cleveland sports is that. And the Browns are the epitome of this: is that whenever there's instability at the top, then you're that's the reason why you're on the tw- why you're in the the 24 hour 
sports news cycle because people are just making fun of you because like oh look at what a what a dysfunctional place this is and, and you're like well that's probably not true but well in the Browns case it is but or it was but that's I, I hate that aspect of it but as far as the disease of more I said it last year after they won like yeah. my but my buddy said to me like hey enjoy it because you'll you know because they probably won't win again I'm like you don't get it I don't care yeah, I, you we just won't needed the one. I just needed one. I've yeah. never been. I've never. I've never rooted for a team in my forty odd years that that won anything. So yep. the fact that they won, I can. I can. I can die happy. I mean, I know that's that's yeah. well, the other extreme, thing that that kind of happened is that you got all this. I feel like people, a lot of Cleveland fans, have been more invested in the off season. Than they were in the season. <laughs> like I've I've heard more, more interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true too. I've heard more passionate takes, whatever, on the off season than the season. But but I'll agree with you. I had one, and then the other thing that happened. I think we saw one of the worst regular seasons in NBA history this last year. Um, or I think just one of the worst play one of the worst playoffs too. Oh yeah, it. I mean the and the fact that the salary cap went down by almost $3 million is, is very telling to me yeah. uh, that the NBA has a regular season and postseason problem. Um, well, they were, they were, they were what, maybe five minutes away from having two teams that, that were 12 and zero going into yeah. the finals. And they were one game away from having one of those 12 and zero teams sweep the other 12 and zero team. Yeah. Like that's, that's bad for basketball. I don't care who the who the teams are, right? And and there's just not a lot of competitive balance. I mean, it it, it is an unfortunate thing. I and it's good for Cleveland, it's good for Golden State, but it's not good for most of the other teams. So yeah, I and yeah. I, I'm not sure how to fix that. And a lot of people have said, you know, make the regular season shorter. I've heard a lot of calls the last few weeks of, uh, you know, make the regular season sixty games. You know, yeah. make and televise the same number of games, just spread it out and, you know, just keep, keep it that way and you get to play your stars more. Yeah. But I don't I don't think that's going to happen until unless if we get a playoffs like last year. I think you might really see or like this year, next year. I think you re you might really see that because teams are just fried by the end of the regular season still. Well, I think players will dictate it too. I think the more that they that they get into this whole rest resting players during yeah. the regular season debate, the more they'll see that that that's going to have to be because otherwise, I mean, unless they start finding guys and 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 more than guys is finding teams for doing it, like it it it's going to continue. Yeah. Because why wouldn't it? Why would you? Why would you play? Your guys on, you know, in back to backs, and and I know they're addressing the back to back situation by starting the season a week earlier next year. But I, I look, I, I wouldn't care if they if they lopped off what what somewhere between eighteen and twenty two games I've, a year. I've heard seventy to sixty games, not lopping off, but as the number. Right, right. So, so twelve to twenty two. Sure. Why not? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing, the only real reason to keep it anymore is just, uh, well, you've got the gate revenue, but the TV's so much higher. And then the other side of that is, 
you've got, you know, the record books are all based around 82 games, but yeah. But yeah, but look at the I mean, guys are destroying records at a at a crazy clip anyways, even yeah. without the even yeah. with the full, full season, but you know, I mean, look at all the injuries too. Look at yeah. look at how many injuries on both sides by the way. I'm not just making this as an argument for oh, well, who do the Warriors have to play because no, they're yeah. injured. But but in truth, like they if Kawhi Leonard isn't injured, that's a whole different. That's actually probably the best series in the playoffs. Yeah, or the if, Western uh, Conference. If Rondo doesn't get hurt, I don't think Boston makes it out of the first round. I would agree with that because <laughs> the way they were playing, yeah. I mean, they were they were and that down been two a, at home. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I could have seen, and I could have seen a Bulls Cavs uh, finals, which would or conference finals, which would have been a lot more interesting than than Cavs Celtics because even Cavs Celtics. What Isaiah Thomas played a game and a half, and then was out the rest of the time. Yeah, you know they played against an injured Kyle Lowry in in round two. Yeah, like that's it's just this is the problem. Like you know George Hill was injured in the in the Warriors second round. Um, well, I'll say you know, the the other problem. they didn't have to play they didn't have to play Nurkic in the first round. Like this is the this is the problem. And then it's gone back the last really the last three years. That's been the common denominator is. Every every time there's one one or both teams have played have had just you know good or or bad injury luck. So yeah, and I had this argument with Tom a little bit, but I think the league is much worse than it used to be in terms of the quality of basketball we're seeing, the depth of the teams. And one of the things that happens is guys come out and they're not ready to play. Yeah, the one and dones at least three, at least two seasons. Yeah. I mean, it used to be that you really made your leap in your sophomore year. Well, some guys don't even start playing well to their fourth year of the in the league. I mean, and the funny thing is, is Otto Porter was an example of that this year. He didn't really have a good year until this year, but of course, he came out as a junior, so he's, yeah. he's kind of the uh, the exception. It's too bad. Way. It's too bad Anthony Bennett wasn't a Lord. wasn't that role. <laughs> yeah, no, he exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, like the one. And, that's what they. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talk about the one and duns that guys just don't. Guys don't have the fundamentals. They don't have the. They don't. It's too. It's too fast a league for them. LeBron's a generational talent. Kobe Bryant was a generational talent. Like the guys. Yeah. I'm saying the guys that that used to jump from high school to the NBA for the most part, like Kevin Garnett too. Like for the most part, those guys were ready and they showed they were ready and they've 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 played it out. So Well, what started happening though is uh you started seeing guys like Kwame Brown and and uh or even uh CJ Miles was the last year that most people don't realize he's got like 14 years in or something like that because he oh, was yeah. the very last year that you could come out as a high school player. And yeah. that started Wasn't happening. JR one of those two? I I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think Jr. was right, right from high school, but yeah. I don't know if he's been in the league as long as CJ. No, not as long, but he's been in the league a, a while. Um, yeah, it might have been the same season. I'm not sure, but and you saw that, and teams were starting to protect themselves because they were getting these guys that were just total busts, or guys are coming out and then not getting drafted at all. So I, I see what yeah. they want to do it. I I think going to a two year system would be a much better way to do it, uh, but. I mean, we'll see what happens. I I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. No, doesn't seem like it. No, doesn't seem like it. And and 
you know, that's... And, and I will say guys are pl- much more prepared coming into their freshman year to play basketball than they were, you know, 10, 12 years ago. But I also see they're just, they need three or four years of seasoning before they can even contribute. And you've just had these bottom feeder teams that are just atrocious. I mean, yeah, uh, you, you've got the Sixers and you've got, um, you know, Sacramento and you've got all these teams that, or Orlando, they just can't get out of their own way. Yeah. Although I will say, I would assume that that both Philly and Sacramento will be pretty good teams in the next couple of years. Yeah. So we can talk about they, Sacramento actually had a decent draft this year. I thought so. they had a really nice draft. Um, and they, they've got some decent young players. Uh, so who do, do you have the list of who they took? Um, I know they took uh De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Right. Who, I he was the one guy I watched in the in the uh, playoffs, the NCAAs, that I was like, whoa, that, yeah. that guy's going to be good. Because well, he shut, down, he shut down Lonzo Ball, right? He shut down Lonzo Ball, and he was fast as hell. Yeah. I mean. So they got him, and they got, um, they got uh, uh, Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then they got Harry Giles, who was the, the you know, the guy who would have been you know, could have been a number one pick if he hadn't blown his knees out. So, yeah. Um, and then they got Frank yeah. Mason 34th. All right. So. Yeah. Frank Mason. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they had a real good draft and getting uh boogie off the team. Uh, they, they seem competently run this year. So I thought the Mavs had a good bet uh, draft getting Smith where they got him. Yeah. Um, There were some. Now we can all agree who had the worst draft. The Bulls? Or at least the the worst draft night. Yeah, the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, talk about giving a guy away. It's weird because for all of the the buzz around Paul George, it just seemed like you know it was the whole like there was that it was a weird like shift from oh Jimmy Butler's <laughs> you know being talked about with going to the Cavs and then oh the after David Griffin got. Let go that the Cavs players were were calling Jimmy Butler and say, "Don't come here; it's too dysfunctional." And then Jimmy Butler saying, "No, I want to stay in Chicago and and get the supermax in two years." And then and then draft night rolls around and is like, "No, nope, we're sending him to Minnesota for for a bunch of nothing." So I just googled this. I just got the best headline: the Jimmy Butler trade was so bad to the for the Chicago Bulls that NBA 2K rejected it. <laughs> <laughs> But, but seriously, I mean, you you oh, kept yeah. saying it like they traded for a guy, Dunn, who is one of those guys that you like. You just mentioned like Chris Dunn might wind up being a, a pretty good NBA player, but he he was lost on that team yeah. last year because Ricky Rubio was the starter and he couldn't really get past him. And then and in fact, even the guy that the Cavs had in in uh, camp was a Quinn Cook or whatever, like wound up being a really nice. Um, uh-huh. Really, was it Quinn Cook? Was yeah. one of those Duke guys? Yeah. yeah, wound up being a really nice um, piece for Shut piece up. for them too. So, um, you know, Shut up. So who knows? Maybe Chris Dunn will turn into something. But Zach Levine had a really bad knee injury, and chances are he's gonna. It's like he's gonna. It's gonna take a year or two to come back from that. Well, and that's a guy whose game was all based on elite athleticism. Oh yeah, because he's know, not a very good shooter. 
Well, he was a good shooter last year, actually. Um, last year, but he hadn't been traditional. No, no, no. I mean, he he developed that shot. But the other thing is, part of the reason he was such a good shooter was he could get so much elevation on his jump shot that it was hard to block. Right. You know, it was hard right. to defend. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to take a year or two. And then... Well, and they swap picks, right? The seventh And who did pick. they get? Oh, yeah. Who did they, they got Laurie Markkanen. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounded like Larry Markkanen. Yeah. They got the guy that... Um, that Michael Jordan wanted to draft the big white stiff. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, it was just like, yeah, you, you the fin, the fin. The fin. Yeah. So, but it, you look at that trade and you go, why, why would you make that trade? Like you couldn't get a better trade than that. I mean, I'm sure. And maybe it was, they wanted to trade him out of the conference. They didn't want to trade him to the Celtics. They didn't want to trade him to the Cavs. I mean, whatever, but good gravy. But then- but they, but they just swap picks. It's not like they got yeah. that pick and their own pick. No, like I know they they swap pick, and I th- actually actually like Justin Patton, the Creighton center, more than I <laughs> like Laurie Markkanen, who yeah. the Wolves wound up getting at sixteen. Yeah, like the fact that you swapped that, it's just I mean it was horrible. I just don't know what they were thinking. I mean I don't know why, and I don't know why they there was no rush to get rid of Jimmy Butler. It's not like I mean, he had two years left on his deal. Yeah. I just yeah, exactly. didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, and then what a coup for Minnesota. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean they they're, a playoff, they're a playoff team now. They didn't have to give up one member of their core either. I mean, they didn't yeah. have to give up Wiggins. They didn't have to give up um, – I mean, they might have considered Levine part of their core last year yeah. before he got hurt. But, but, but still. He's got a bad knee. You don't trade for a guy with a bad knee without finding out how the knee is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. until you have him go through a physical and see how he's doing and all that stuff, it's like you don't make that trade. And yeah, yeah, it's just it's insane. Um, I don't I don't care how good of a guy you know how, how young a guy is, you you don't make that trade. <laughs> it's just it's beyond idiotic. It almost seemed like it's like the old fantasy trade where two of your friends keep fighting with you to trade. And then all of a sudden, your other friend comes in and is like, "Hey, I'll just give you this deal. Just don't tell the other guys." And they're like, "And you're so tired of dealing with it, you're like, okay, I'll just take that deal because I don't want to deal with these two idiots that have been fighting with each other for the last two days." You know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it seemed like to me, and it was it's just bafflingly bad. The other uh, draft trade that I just was shocked by was that Brooklyn trade where they traded um, uh, Brooke Lopez and and, um, their draft pick and the rights to pay Timofey Mozgov $48 million for uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you should be getting a draft pick for eating $48 million of Timofey Mozgov. But the, I mean, yeah. the best part about that is their owner probably like thinks it was a good thing they got Timo Mozgov. <laughs> well, I told you I saw Timo uh, in Beverly Hills the other day, and <laughs> I wished him luck with the with the Nets. He sort of smiled and chuckled good naturedly. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I mean, look, he'll get more of a chance to contribute there probably if they don't if they don't stretch him. Yeah, and and that's a great get for the. Um... Uh, the Lakers? The Lakers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
You undo undo half of what Jim Buss did last year. Plus, you get Brooke Lopez, who is not a stiff at center. Yeah. He can still play. And, yeah. and you get, uh, what was it, the, what pick did they get? Uh, I think they got the 28th pick or something. Yeah, the 28th Because they had 27 pick. and 28 or something. Yeah. It was just insane. So. No, I mean, hey, you know what? <laughs> Magic Johnson can pull it off, I guess. Yeah. I That's still all. think, uh, uh, Paul George ends up with Lakers. So let's talk about the Paul George trade. I mean, okay. unless there's more about the draft you want to talk about. I really don't. I, I think, uh, I, again, I think my – the only thing I'll say about the draft is I think the guy, the kid Isaac, who went to Orlando, will be the best player in the draft uh, when in three or four years when we look back on it. The uh, – the Jonathan Gordon, Isaac? Yeah, the Aaron Gordon clone. <laughs> Yeah, but he can shoot though. Yeah, I know, but they're just gonna field a team of all uh all Aaron Gordons. <laughs> like six foot eight swing men. Yeah. Six foot Maybe. eight combo forwards. I don't know. I like that I like it. I watching his game, I really liked him. I thought he did a yeah. nice job with Florida State. I, I like the Lakers draft too. I mean I thought they made a great trade and I, then I, I love them getting stand, hard at the I end can't of the stand Lonzo round. ball. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> I, and, and I also pissed at them for trading that uh, the the guy to Golden State, right? Was that them? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that, the I like them getting Hart at the end of the first round. So I think Hart's going to be a player. I think Hart will end up being a better pro than Lonzo Ball. I I think Lonzo Ball is in for a rude awakening his first season. Oh yeah, uh, because he's not a good shooter. That goofy shot is going to get blocked a heck of a lot more in the pros, and and I just think there's too much enabling going on there with the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I also think Markel Markel Fultz could be the could be a oh, not Anthony be... Bennett size bust, but certainly a bust. Yeah, I think he's got the biggest bust potential. Of I think all people are going to be really upset, really upset in hindsight that they passed up De'Aaron Fox. Why well, and uh, Josh Jackson? Yeah. I Although think, I think Aaron Fox more, I just I I like that kid's fire. Yeah, but I, uh, as far as talented guy, talent guys guys go, I'm I, my money's on Jonathan Isaac. If he can, if they can put guys around him in, in Orlando. If not, if he winds up, you know, winding up on a different team in a in a few years after his rookie. I love so. that Portland took the next big white stiff. <laughs> uh, they have like four of them now. Yeah, it was like, what are you doing? I mean. Portland hasn't done what they were doing for years. I mean, they, at least they got C.J. McCollum. That was probably their best decision. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, All right, well, let, let's talk about the Paul George tra- potential yeah. Paul George trade. So the newest Paul George trade, after all the other potential Paul George trades, is so it's the Cavs trade Kevin Love to Denver, and then Denver trades – um. Oh, who did they trade Emmanuel Mudiay and a draft pick to Indiana, and then the Cavs get uh, George and they get um, Kenneth Fareed. Is that the basic trade? Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, there's some question about Fareed whether or not he would go to go to um, the Pacers or the Cavs. I think. I don't think the Pacers won his contract, so I think that would be a the Cavs would have to take it on. 
Yeah, or they would have to find a fourth team. Yeah. Well, the goofy thing about that trade is if the rumors were right and the Lakers were offering the two late first rounders and um, either Jordan Clarkson or, oh, who's their big forward? Uh, Randall. No, I, and I'd heard that they were offering both of those guys in there and, yeah. and those two, the two late picks. But the, That's not a better Indi- trade than that. No, but Indiana wanted wanted a higher pick than well that Denver what? pick isn't going to be any higher. I mean, they got no, of course not. It's going to be in the not. teens. No, that's you know. why it won't happen. <laughs> that's why it's just another look. I, in reading about it, this was a this was a deal they were trying to make before, like leading up to the draft. Oh, okay. And then it's and then the Cavs have renewed their interest in trying to bring Denver in as a third team, but. I don't know. Well, does Denver – no, Denver still has one of the Cavs draft picks from the Mozgov trade, right? Don't they have a couple believe, of extra yeah. number one or something? Yeah. Which still isn't a very high pick, but maybe they maybe they would have – maybe they give up two. Because um, I don't know. I mean, and I think Denver doesn't want to get rid of Murray or um, who's the other – who's the other young guy? that they, Didn't they have another guy there too? Like, I'm just not sure what what that gets the Pacers, really, to, to your point. Yeah. In, what do you want? Wilson Chandler, you know, like Moutier, like it's been a total bust. You know, they, they're not going to give up Jokic or Jamal Murray. Um, I actually like Moutier, but yeah, he hasn't. I think he needs a change of scenery at this point. I don't know. I mean, Moutier's like, I, he's just, he, he hasn't just as likely like to was... throw, throw up zero points as he is, you know, yeah. 20, so. Yeah, he hasn't exact. no, Denver has no extra first rounders, but they have a lot of, uh, they have five second rounders, four second rounders next year. Yeah, that's not interesting, I wouldn't think. (laughs) No. No, I love. But they're losing Gallo, most likely, so, right, so Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari, Yeah. That's why they want, they'd be interested in Kevin Love, I think, to, they want a power forward that can, that can shoot. Yeah, and I think the other thing that you're going to see happen is, well, first of all, I don't understand the whole rationale for chasing Paul George anyway. I don't know why you'd want Paul George and LeBron to be a free agent at the same time. Um, Because talk about just wrecking All or nothing. Yeah, I guess. Um, (laughs) Oh, Will Barton. Will Barton's the guy I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. He's okay. Or Gary Harris. Like, I don't think they're going to give up either of those guys, so. Well, and it... Are either of those guys guys Indiana would want? You know, I think they'd want one of those guys in that trade. But yeah, who, I, I, I don't know. None of it makes any sense. It just feels like more smoke to me. It feels more like, hey, if we can put the Cavs yeah. and George in the same headline for another article for everyone to click on, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, and. Like Mark, I thought Mark Stein got let go from ESPN. Is he still working I, for them? He, I think he's working through the end of free agency. I don't know. Okay. I know he was working through the draft. Maybe he's working through the free agency period. Yeah. It's but a, I, I – yeah, so, well, you don't like the Paul George – I mean, I know that – I understand not liking the – both of them being free agents at the same time. However, what do you think about – that aside, what do you think about the the player – I mean, what does well, he bring? Well, I like Paul George, the player. Um, I don't like him better than Kevin Love on this team. Uh, obviously, I'm in the minority on that. I feel like, you know, I had this argument 
in the email thread with uh, Ben, and he's like, well, you can get anybody to rebound for you. I was like, yeah, you can get anybody to rebound for you. You can go get Kenneth Fareed to rebound for you. The problem is you those guys that can rebound really well, the guys that can also shoot threes and also are great passers, um, the, that, there's about three of them in the league, and Kevin Love is one of them, you know, that are great rebounders. Yeah. Pat, I mean, LeBron James is another one, but Kevin Love is arguably a better defensive rebounder than LeBron James. Um, right. And, and there's just there's just not many of those guys in the league. And I agree. If, <laughs> I agree. I don't want to get rid. Of, I don't want to get rid of Kevin Love. I thought Kevin Love was great. I mean, I know he had a bad game five, you know, last game yeah. of the season, but uh, but he still pulled down the rebounds, and, and he, was he was still the only guy to show up besides LeBron in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, and he was still playing defense in the in game five. He just wasn't he just wasn't hitting three pointers. He wasn't hitting shots. Yeah, and and he kind of got hosed by the refs a little bit. But I mean, he had a 20- well, yeah, he had those that's yeah, those two two quick early fouls. He had a twenty-one rebound, three-block game in the finals. Yeah. I mean, dude, I know. If that I'm not coming to you. Like, no, you get I, no argument from me about yeah. you know, about one pull on the onto Kevin Love. What I'd rather see them do is hold on to Kevin Love, stay stand pat with the core. Yeah. Um. Try to make try to swing some smaller deals to get young to either get younger or more athletic on the perimeter. You know, with Shump and and Channing. Um, and then buy out Mellow and buy out, uh, yeah, maybe wait, wait for the buyout of Mellow or Wade. Wait and... for the buyout. These guys will all come play with LeBron again. Like, they all yeah. want to. So, why wouldn't you just say, okay, we've got our bench coming if, we, if we're if we smart and we make the right moves because these guys were going to get bought out by their other teams and they can sign bet minimums for the rest of the season and then they'll go make whatever contract they want next year. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's the thing that that I look at and say, if you've got if you've still got LeBron, Kevin Love, and Kyrie to score points, and you can get some, you can you can find a way to swap Shump and Channing for some either either younger defenders or better defenders, whether it's like a Tony Allen or or someone like that who can who can really specialize, then you bring in a guy like Mello to be what Channing would have been, right? A guy that can play the play the power forward in a in small ball lineups in in the playoffs, who can still shoot the ball. And if he's playing with LeBron, LeBron's going to find him shots. Like, yeah, I, you know, Mello Mello's been playing on a, on a on crappy. And some of it's his own fault, but crappy. Knicks no, most for of it's his own. A while fault. now. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, no I mean. I, no. I, I feel like we've gone a rat, down a rabbit hole a little bit here because you asked what Paul George brings to the cast. Oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> but you, you you seem very fired up tonight, so I'm, I'm letting you go. <laughs> no, well, uh, okay, to, to circle it back to Paul George, I would love to see Paul George on the team. But yeah. I'd love to see Paul George as the, as the Kevin Durant. Like, we're going to add a guy, too, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because so, the only thing they have worth giving up is Kevin? I don't see a package of Tristan, uh, Shump, and Jr. Some spare change, you know, like to to prying Paul George loose, especially when Paul George has already said to the world he wants to go play for the Lakers. Yeah. So, and the one thing about Paul George, so one thing he does really well, he moves without the ball. He's a better three point shooter 
then Kevin Love, and yep. he is a uh, he's a more agile defender. And is he the same de- height as Kevin Love? Are yeah, but see- he he's definitely rangier and he's longer. Right, um, and he's probably not as good in the post as Kevin Love, but he's definitely got more defense, uh, better lateral quickness out on the perimeter. But the other side of that is that he's not a guy. He's a guy that gets 24 points a game as the primary scorer. The problem is you have not seen him in a non-primary scorer role in like seven or eight years. So you don't know how he's going to do when he gets, you know, five, six less shots a game. When he has those games where he only gets nine shots that they have with Kevin Love sometimes. And the fact that Kevin Love... And you say, go hit the boards. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no, no, thanks. I don't want to play the point. I don't play the power forward position. I, I already yeah. said no to that to Larry yeah. Bird. I mean, the fact that you can get 19 points out of get, out of Kevin Love a game as the third scorer, I mean, that is huge because you need a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time and can still yeah. deliver when you get him the ball. And well, and I thought, and I thought Ty Tyron Lue one of the one of the things he did in the positive this year was he, I really felt like while he was aside from when he was out for six weeks, I I thought he really found a way to effective way to use Kevin love in the offense. Yeah. At times I thought they went away from him too much, but we've seen that the last three years is a guy will have him scorching hot first half and then he won't see the ball in the second half. And you saw that. I mean, you've seen that throughout the last three years. If that guy's, not named LeBron James or Kyrie Irving, it that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fair. Um that's fair. But and, he's still at his best statistical year oh, since yeah. leaving Minnesota last year. So Absolutely. I thought he was fantastic all year. I, he was fantastic to me all the way up until game five of the finals. And I don't and and I've said this on the blog, but I don't think the reason the Cavs lost the finals was Kevin Love, it was the fact that they could not do anything when LeBron James was on the bench. So even that two minutes in the last game killed them. And he was just exhausted at the end of that game. They just didn't have enough. And you saw it in game three as well. So the biggest thing they have to do is find a guy to run the offense and not just hemorrhage points. And yes, against the Warriors, because it, it, if they go back to the finals, that's 90% chance of who they're going to be playing. Yep. they got to find a guy to do that 12 minutes a night. That's the biggest thing they got to find. Nothing else yep. matters as much as that. I mean, and maybe Paul George is the answer for that, but you still got to have a guy bring the ball up. And if that guy can't give you anything on offense, then you're playing four on five again. And yeah. that, and no, we're, we're, you're right. We're, we're, yeah. Paul, we're, we're Paul George would help the most is when LeBron has to sit. Yeah. And they, you could play, yeah. you could play Kyrie and Paul George or, you know, whoever the backup yeah. point guard is, whether it's Darren, Darren Williams or whoever, and Paul George and still, and then, and not drop off yeah. on either, on either side of the ball. So as to the merits of that, um, Denver trade, do you like that at all? I I don't know where you play for Kenneth Fareed. Um, to me, if they're considering bringing on Ken, Kenneth Fareed, they might have a secondary deal in where they where they move Tristan. Yeah, I mean maybe, but he is not the defender that Tristan is. No, I I agree. 
I agree. I mean, they, they don't. What they don't need to do is make themselves defensively less. <laughs> I mean, Kenneth Farid is a rebounder who can shoot a little bit. Uh, and dunk, probably a he better. Can the, he can run the floor and dunk the ball. Well, he's probably a better finisher than Tristan Thompson. He oh, is a for better sure. finisher than Tristan Thompson. Yeah. But because no, he, he can actually get up and throw the ball down and doesn't have to gather every time. Right, but and he's got bigger hands. But the problem with him is. He's not a good defender at all. I mean, he can't guard centers. He's an inch shorter than Tristan, and I would bet he doesn't have nearly the wingspan that Tristan does. He doesn't seem nearly as uh, as lanky. And then yeah. the other side of that is he's not a good perimeter defender, so you just put him in pick and roll over and over. Uh, you know, that seems like a net negative to me, and clearly you can't play him together. So. Yeah. I mean, look, he is a, he is an athletic guy. He'd probably, I guess, take the Derek Williams position on the team, where he's yeah. just a a good guy off a good energy guy off the bench, which is basically what he's been for Denver the last two years. He's, he, they cut him down to like twenty minutes a game this last year. Hey, so. and you know what? Maybe that would immensely help the Cavs bench unit. I I for can't sure. argue that. For sure, and that would probably be if it wasn't just a salary dump where they just they just bought him out after they after they, like my only like the whole making the trade work for Denver thing might just be that that they have to dump some salary if they want to take on yeah. Kevin Love and and Pacers don't want to take that baggage so that's why the yeah. Cavs would have to take him. But I agree. I like. I think he'd be, definitely be good coming off the bench. Yeah, he's under contract um, for two more years. So if yeah. they were to and he's buy only twenty seven he's only yeah. twenty seven. I mean it's not like he's he's thirty something. Yeah, he was in the Olympics two years ago. Yeah. I believe he was on that Olympic team. Um yeah, yeah and right. it's not as if um he's a guy that uh yeah, I mean if you stretch paid him, it would probably cost you it would you'd stretch that over five years, but I gotta think you wouldn't that there's be teams that would be willing to take on his contract in this salary cap situation, even right. though the cap is three million lower than last year. I mean, I I would think Denver would take him in a heartbeat. Sure. So, and you know, maybe under a different coaching system, he he would do better. Um, I I Brendan Malone, I'm I was very impressed with the job he did in uh or Michael Malone, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Brendan's his dad with the job he did in Denver last year, and so and. Didn't have any problem with him, so I yeah. I, I don't so, hate Kenneth Farid. I just I don't know if he's a guy that you can play in the finals against Golden State. He's the manimal. He's the manimal. <laughs> he is you can manimal. always play the manimal against anyone. Okay. Um, well, there you go. I, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's more pie in the sky. I think it's more yeah. smoke. It's again. I think it was something that was being concocted pre pre the draft, and now is just out there some more to try to pressure the Lakers into making the deal. Like yeah. I, I, I believe a lot of this, this stuff is coming from is smokescreen coming from the Pacers. Cause they know the best deal they're going to get is probably for whatever haul they can get from the Lakers, maybe the right. Celtics, but they know Danny Ainge isn't going to, they're going to lose any trade they make with Danny Ainge. So maybe they think, well, at least, at least we know we can we can maybe try to scare the Lakers into overpaying right now, as opposed to waiting until he's a free agent. And yeah, I I think that's probably what's happening. I, I don't expect it to happen. And some I think was Mike on on our emails kind of came up with the felt like it's you think Kevin Love's just just beyond annoyed or pissed off with the Cavs at this point. Um, and I. 
I don't know. I think I think Kevin Love's probably got to have a pretty thick skin from having three three plus years of people saying yeah. he's getting traded and moved. And... Well, and the other side about it is those guys all know how much bull BS is involved this time of year. Oh, and, yeah. you know, all these guys have had access to grind with the media over the years uh, and many most with good reason. So I'm not uh, particularly um, worried about about that side of it. I mean, I think Kevin will. If if Kevin is back next year, which I hope he is, I don't I don't think any of it will matter. Yeah. Um, the other I thing expect, I I expect to be honestly, yeah. I don't I don't see any of these these because I don't think you move him for anything less than a, another superstar or potential right. superstar like George Butler's already gone. Yeah. So who else is out there? I mean, you're not trading him for Melo because Melo's yeah, well, going to most likely the... get bought out. You heard the Lamarcus Aldridge, Danny Green rumor. But yeah, but but why would you want Lamarcus Aldridge? Doesn't have can't shoot threes like Kevin Love can. Right, and he's not he's, the rebounder or outlet passer that no. Kevin Love is. And Kevin Love's just as good in the post as as Lamarcus is. I think the oh, one thing that Lamarcus, the well, the one thing Lamarcus is good at is that 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 yeah. that turnaround jumper. But I've seen Love hit plenty of those. So yeah. I, I just think that's a... He's to got try a little to, more length than Kevin. I'll give him that. Yeah, but like the Danny Green thing really annoys me too because I'm like, the Cavs had Danny Green. Like, yeah. they could have just hung on to Danny Green. <laughs> I don't think Danny... I watch Danny Green play a lot. Like, he's good defensively, but I, he's not the three-point shooter he once was. And I don't know. I think he, he missed a lot more I saw in the playoffs this year than, than he hit. So Yeah. Well, the other thing, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge does shoot threes, uh, but the problem with him is he's 31. What's Kevin, 27? Yeah. He's four years younger. Yeah. Why, yeah. why would you want to get older on this team? I mean, yeah, yeah LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, but he's also a guy that shrunk as the primary scorer in the semifinals. I mean, you saw him in game one, he had eight. In game three, he had eight against the Warriors. And then yeah. um, and then the last game, uh, no, I'm looking at the, no, that's the right game log. So yeah, in game four, he had eight. And in game two, he had eight. It's like yeah. the guy just shrinks in the moment, and he's definitely not the rebounder that Kevin Love is. No. I mean, the guy plays uh, 32 minutes a night and only gets seven rebounds. I mean, that's yeah. The Cavs need better rebounding than that. Oh, I, I agree. There's there's nobody other yeah. than Paul George that I would want I, that I would that I would think would be acceptable for them to trade Kevin Love. Jimmy for. Butler would have been interesting because he could have ran your entire second unit. Uh, you know, because he can play I three just, positions. No, I'm just I, saying a guy of that caliber and Ke- yeah. and Lamarcus Aldrin's not at that level anymore. Yeah. So I just think I think it's I think it's a I don't expect it to happen. I don't no, I expect don't it to to anybody to get moved. So I, I got don't one e- more hypothetical trade for you. All right, the zinger. <laughs> no, you, you I asked you that. You think I that's all that. BS, right? It's complete. It's complete. Phil Jackson messing with somebody who messed because Phil Jackson it hates the fact that. Porzingis didn't do the exit interview with him. So he's making him his life a little more uncomfortable in the media. That's it. He's not moving him. He wasn't serious about Laurie Markkanen. It's <laughs> it's absolute 
hokum. It, it's like you've got to you have a you have a guy like that. You build your team around that guy. You know, right? So the, repair it. The It'll fake be fun. trade I made was yeah. Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson to the Knicks for the Zinger and Mello, and then um, don't say Kylo Quinn. Joachim Noah, who they would buy out. Oh Jesus! And uh, Kylo Quinn. <laughs> Kylo, yeah, because you, you, knew you it was love coming. that guy. You knew it yeah, was you coming. love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I, 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 and basically just erase all of the bad Phil Jackson decisions for the yeah. chance to take uh, the no, singer. You'd have to make them take Shumpert back in that trade. Well, too. Shumpert would probably go to a third party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I. I... I know it's all of our look. I, I think in a vacuum of having something to do, we all come up with these yeah. sort of crazy trades because they didn't have any draft picks, and you know they they don't they don't really have any like key free agents. I mean, uh, I mean they have bench guys, but yeah. everybody's locked in. So it's kind of the the whole, and it's all precipitated by the whole what happened with Kevin Durant last summer. Right. It's the it's, it's a different situation. A great team, a 73-win team added a top-two player, right. a former league MVP in his prime. And they had the wherewithal and the and the ability to do it with the cap spike, and they took advantage of it. But yeah. the Cavs don't have that luxury. They don't have that same kind of scenario where they can put together four superstars or all-stars or however you want to say it. I, I refuse to call Draymond Green a superstar. But, um, but they, but they can't, they just can't do it. So, but, but like you said, and I agree with you that they're not, the Cavs aren't that far away. They need to bolster their bench. They need to have a better defensive plan, but they've got the guys that can score. There's no question about that. They, they averaged 116 points a game again in the finals. I mean, they, they can score with, with the best team in the league. And they're not far off from being the best team in the league, but they need to be able to have guys that can stop those guys. Right. And they need or to at be least able to have not guys. just hemorrhage points when LeBron's on the bench. Yeah. And they need to have. So they need I got a, a question guy. for you. Handle. So yeah. is the one thing I will say the flaw in that argument, and it's the same argument I argued earlier. Is it fair to expect LeBron James to be able to play at that level again? Because LeBron James arguably had the greatest finals of all time, averaging a triple double and with like thirty plus points in the finals. Why not? Um, okay, I'm I'm just asking the question, and maybe that's part of the logic. Yeah. Is that I would get him more rest. I think he's got to get more rest during the season. Yeah. I think I I wouldn't I I literally I would say come up with a. Come up with a, a back thing or whatever to make him so where he's going to sit out the first yeah. you know month and a half month of the season <laughs> or something like that, and then play fifty games, get in shape, and you know burn through the playoffs again. That that's interesting. <laughs> Not a bad take. Even um, if they go, if they went, what's that like twenty five games? Even if they went like ten and fifteen in those first twenty five games without LeBron. Well, it would certainly get those guys used They'd to playing without LeBron. They still win fifty when yeah. he came back at Christmas. Yeah. So the other okay. So um, so the other side of the things that we were talking about is who are some free agents the Cavs should be targeting, and and my take is that a lot of this trade stuff 
we might see more shake out during free agency when teams you see this a lot every year when teams missed out on their first or second target all of a sudden a guy that they wouldn't have considered before is like oh okay well maybe maybe we'll take that guy now well when's Uh, the when's the the free agent deadline is it coming up this week or is it next week no one second so i believe it usually starts the first but yeah which is like a saturday right right well, that's when the negotiation period, yeah. So the moratorium when you can reach verbal agreements is the first. So I feel like we should save that for another pod. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're we're over an hour into this one, yeah. Well, I just want to throw a couple names around. I mean, okay. The I'm I only I, I'm saying that because I'm not well prepared. I, I just oh, haven't okay. really been paying attention to the to the free agents that are I, out I there. Haven't been other, too than much. Main, I mean, other than the main ones, like I know the I know that the Clippers. Like Chris Paul and and Blake Griffin opted yeah. out of their deals, but I expect them to be back with the Clippers, barring anything unforeseen. Yeah, and, and I don't think um, you're going to see anything crazy with. Uh, I, I mean, you never know. I mean, one of those guys could move. What was it? I heard the Rockets are tired of getting Chris Paul, and I'm like, how does that make any sense? Yeah, why would you do that after what James Harden did this last yeah. year? Yeah, he's and, never going to not have the ball in his hands and if you don't have the ball in Chris Paul's hands like why why have him well and the other thing is is can you imagine how irritated Chris Paul would be all the time yeah because <laughs> the guy's salty enough to begin with oh yeah um so no, the, Spurs, the Spurs would be the perfect fit for Chris Paul if he decided yeah, he wanted to leave. but they don't have the cap room and so that's why well we're they could this. but they they had to they have to move Aldridge well it's not just Aldridge it's also Ginobili and Parker are still making yeah, a but lot of money. Well, they could get those guys to retire. I'm sure those yeah. they could get those guys to retire if they if they really needed them to. Yeah. yeah. But and and I could almost see them doing. Well, a I heard video. Gasol was gonna Gasol was gonna gonna redo renounce his deal. To, yeah, redo his deal. So they could they could take advantage of that window of time. And then the other he, thing I could see him doing for Tony Parker is like um, renegotiating his deal and then giving him a stretch pay. It's like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna buy you out, but. We're going to do yeah. it the right way. So We're going to put you in management. Yeah. <laughs> what the Cavs should yes. do with James James Jones. James Jones. Yeah, so a couple of the guys I was thinking about. You know, Mike wrote a real good article at the beginning of last week. Uh, we had, you know, guys like Tabo Cephalosha and Tony Allen, and uh, somebody was throwing up Zach Randolph on the minimum. I think Zach Randolph will get more than the minimum from some team. But sure. Those are the kind of guys to look at. And then I would say the other guys to look at are guys like Derek Williams last year, guys who kind of flamed out in their first NBA, first couple NBA chances and are looking for a little redemption, still have some upside. Um, there's a guy that Memphis drafted a couple of years ago that had injury issues, Jordan Adams. is a guy yeah. I like. Um, I think there's a lot of those guys out there in the league that, that they could they could chase. The problem is, is they're not going to get many names that are young. You know, no. they they may have one slot to sign a guy like that, and that's their mid level. Uh, the one guy I would like them to take a look at is if, and this is a big if, but if Golden State, if they get cheap with Livingston and Iguodala, I'd love to see Livingston in a Cavs uniform again. Oh yeah, I mean, be, he'd be the he would be the perfect backup point guard. Yeah, I mean the problem, especially for the way that for what they run. You think because part of the problem is he posts up so much and they don't post. Well, I guess they do post the point guard sometimes. They could run that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he can play three posi- guard three positions, which I love. So yeah, yeah, and he's automatic with that mid range. Yeah, and then the other guys, who's who's the so? What do you think they do with uh, La Flama Blanca? Do you think they resign him? I think so. I think they have to because yeah. they can't really get anyone else in. No, I think they and they won't. And his value, I mean, again, it'll be all about. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see if Dan Gilbert. If if the Griffin if refusing to pay Griffin regardless of how much he was asking for is the a signal that he's done spending the big bucks or uh, I don't think he is but I I do think we'll be able to tell pretty quickly and the Corver re-signing Corver or not will be a big indication yeah. of whether or not he's willing to continue to to dig deep and and do the things that uh, he told LeBron he would do when he came back which is. Yeah. Oh, have have an open checkbook and never be worried about spending. Yeah, and I definitely think there's teams that could sign Corver. I mean, I think Oklahoma City would sign him. I think sure. uh, Houston, Miami. I think the Spurs. I think the Spurs would if they could yeah. move some guy. If they could move Danny Green and replace him with Kyle Corver, I think they would. Yeah, I. Well, maybe sign and trade. <laughs> no, I Cavs can't. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Corver. Honestly, I I, I, I you are anti Danny Green. I don't like Danny Green. I never did. <laughs> I was glad when the Cavs got rid of him. Good for you. Way to way to take the strong stance. I have to. I I I just he's I've never been a Danny Green fan. I'm not going to change now. He just annoys you. Just annoys me. Yeah. Every time he's very um, he's like a more he's better at defense, but he's to me he's very much like a like a CJ Miles. Like okay. he'll hit threes, but not when it matters. Yeah. And I hate guys like that. <laughs> he's and by he's the way, Corver, Corver, if he's not careful, will be on that list soon because oh, he had a that, rough finals. He that three in in game three would have changed the outcome of that game. Well, it would have, and that's probably one of the biggest shots of his career. And he and it was open, and he missed it. Yeah. So yep. yeah, he missed a few in that one. He did. He did. So well, um, level, I do look. I still think he's got. I still think he's the best shooter out there. And they have his bird bird right, so they can, they can match if they want to. I think right. No, well, no, they can pay him anything they want to. He's an unrestricted free agent, but um, right, they can pay him any salary they want to. Um, right. they just have to pay the luxury tax. I think they should, and I think they should try to move Shump, and I think they should just then stand pat and wait for buyouts of guys like like Mello and D Wade and all the other Nanoboat participants yeah and that that's not a bad strategy the one thing i would caution there uh what's to stop mellow from going to the warriors if he gets bought out you know ring chasing he's not gonna go to the warriors dude he's like he's like best friends with lebron well that's true i don't think he would do that so yeah and i don't think they're gonna buy him out but um that <laughs> Phil Jackson seems to be playing mind games with a guy that just doesn't give a crap how bad the Knicks are. Like he's oh, not yeah. gonna wave that no trade clause. He's gonna make them buy him out. You know what I mean? Oh, they'll buy him out. They'll buy him out for sure. You think of all the guys of all the buyout can yeah, I think it might happen this summer. Really? Just to get the yep. cap room. They'll just stretch yep. pay him to get the cap room. Say get the hell out. We don't want to start another season with you in the building. I think they don't want him there at all. Interesting. Interesting. 
which would be great. But if the Cavs could get a, a the full season of Melo, that'd be even better because then you really could rest LeBron for a while. I don't think Wade gets bought out at least till before the deadline. Um, no, Wade, Wade Wade gets bought out at the at the deadline. Yeah, and I think Rondo does too. I don't know. They'll probably try to. They'll probably try to move Rondo. Actually, yeah. The problem is, is I don't know anybody who wants Rondo. <laughs> I mean, huh? where could you see Rondo go? Maybe I could. I guess I could see him in Miami. Would that make sense? Um, I mean, there's a lot of teams we know Rondo isn't going to. <laughs> Let's put it that. That's probably yeah. more likely. I mean, yeah. What about? I could maybe even see Rondo. Yeah, they're. The problem with Rondo is he's got two years left on his deal, and yeah. the Lakers aren't going to want him. I um, actually thought Rondo would go to Toronto if Kyle Lowry had left to go to the Sixers or Mavericks, but it doesn't look like Lowry's going to move now. So, oh, that's the newest one. Is he staying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I heard. I heard he was definitely gone. Was the other no, issue, he but... he made a he came out on in some in some like report or whatever and and had a quote like saying don't believe don't believe everything you read I love being here oh okay well and and a lot of that is like I said earlier nobody tells the truth this time of year of course not the other of thing course. I could see happening is if Chris Paul leaves I could see Rondo going to the Clippers oh for sure uh, to Take play back with Doc. up Doc again yeah. yeah. So. That'd be a natural fit because they'll need somebody to hold down the fort because they the Clippers are going to suck for a while if they lose. Uh, well, I, it's uh, one of those like if Paul leaves, then I think Blake definitely leaves. Well, like, that, yeah, or the other yeah, way around. Yeah, and I think that's why they've they had they were dangling uh, DeAndre because they they were like, well, if we have to blow it all up and start over again, what can we get for DeAndre? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that this time of year is okay. If this happens, what what can we realistically get? So, yeah. Hey, maybe the Clippers would do uh, Tristan and Kyrie for for CP3 and DeAndre. You think <laughs> they get younger? They probably would, but I don't think that. Well, the problem is the same thing we've talked about that the Cavs can't participate in a sign and trade for CP3. Unless they're under the cap or under the luxury tax threshold at the end of the trade, which right. unfortunately, with the way their cap holds work and everything else, and with the cap going Wouldn't, down, nowhere close to that. I, yeah. I got in an argument with another blog that pitched that idea, and their math was lacking. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. no, and I'm that not was saying before I the cap went down. Yeah. yeah, I'm no. not doing any of the research. I'm not a capologist. No, I know you're not. Um, I that's a Maybe that's a trade you see at the deadline, uh, but maybe uh, who maybe. knows? I I don't. I'm I'm not. I'm the big not move for the summer. I, I I still think the big move for the summer will be Melo gets bought out and the Cavs pick him up on the vet minimum, and you you get the full season of of Melo being the the guy that you can put on the floor when LeBron sits. I I would love that. So. Yeah, and they, um, they keep Kevin Love, and they keep LeBron, and they keep Kyrie, and keep the band together for at least another year. Yeah, and they just got to get they got to get a second unit point guard. And yeah. The, the the interesting thing is, I think you're going to see a lot of guys. I I would be surprised if they retain James Jones. I don't think Kay Felder is going to make it out of training camp next year. No. Um, I told you. I think 
if they're willing to make Chauncey Billups the GM, I think they should make James Jones a GM. Yeah, well, I don't think it's any different. <laughs> I I certainly think he'll end up in the front office somehow. He's a smart guy. He is a smart guy, and I just don't know if that's where his his like pa- if that's what he wants lies, to, yeah. yeah, or if he wants to take so. some time off. I mean, if I had just played in the NBA for as many years, fifteen years, I'm I'm going to take a season off <laughs> and yeah. just be a fan for a year. Yeah. But you never exactly. know. Exactly. Well, anything you want to pitch? Anything uh, coming down the pike? Anything that's blown your mind lately? Uh, I just I just binge watched the the um that that show um uh glow. The, oh, the, I, I have no idea what that is. It's the glory, the glorious glam- ladies of wrestling. Yeah, glamorous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny, actually. It was it was it was so well is this done. A documentary a big... or is this a no no no? Fictionalization? It's, it's, it's like a, it's a show. It's a, from the same people who did Orange Is the New Black, but okay. it's um. But it's Allison Brie, who I really like from Community, and uh, I watch her pretty much do anything. And then, um, but it's a really cool cast, and it's fun. It's a fun is like they're a, not. Is it a period piece? It is set back in like yeah, the nineties. Yeah, it's set back. Yeah, it's set back in the, no the eighties or seventies, whenever okay. they started. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! Yeah, I've checked that out. And my, uh, that fun. Yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Mark Marin is in it. He's really good. It's uh, it's a fun show. Okay. Cool. It's it's real short. It's not like hour long. It's like I think like twenty nine, thirty minute episode or thirty five okay. minute episodes. There's only like ten of them for season one, so you can oh, burn nice. through it in an afternoon if you want. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and you were a big fan of. I think it comes out uh this weekend. Is Baby Driver? Oh, comes out Tuesday. Baby Driver. Go okay, see. Okay. Yeah, I really want to see it because it's, it's awesome. I love the director. Um, yeah. What What's his name? Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, who did all of the Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End, Scott did all Pilgrim. those Nick yep. Fre- Frost and Simon Pegg movies, which were which I love them all. So, yeah. what was the other one you just mentioned? Oh, he did um, Scott Pilgrim too. Oh, okay, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm psyched to see that, and I will say if you have daughters, uh, take them to see Wonder Woman because uh, my seven year old was holding her arms up in, with the bracers and going oh, yeah. all week yeah. after seeing I just took that, I just so. took my daughter to it too. She, she liked it. it. Yeah. yeah. I heard it's pretty well done. Yeah. No no very very well done. Um definitely worth seeing. Actually my my two the two movies I, I was looking forward to most of the summer because I haven't really I haven't really gone out to see a lot of them because they've all been, you know, pretty you know that not very promising and i and i usually have the inside scoop on a lot of them but uh was be baby driver and then spider-man i'm i have a good good i've seen baby driver it's great but uh but spider-man i'm kind of looking forward to when's spider-man uh sometime later in july isn't it no no no. it's it's uh it's this next weekend it's uh, on the june 30th yeah oh okay i'll have to uh check it out i'm uh i'm going to alaska for 10 days uh starting next week so uh so I'll be a little bit out of the loop. Uh, hopefully Kevin doesn't get. Uh, hopefully there's no major Cavs news uh, when I'm up there, but you never know. Um, yeah, you never I know. I don't know if I have anything really to pitch. Uh, I have listened to a couple new albums. Um, there's an album, uh, very bluegrass folky by, uh, and and singer songwriters kind of 40s 50s uh, standards by a group. A couple of ladies named 
that go by the name of Secret Sisters and uh, okay. uh, fantastic harmonies, um, re- really good stuff. And then, and that's the only big. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, and I haven't been. Um, I I don't have any Rocket League stories like Tom would have normally, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, me neither. Pretty much just working and uh, and following the Cavs and not watching a lot of TV. So yeah, I've been yeah I, I've just binging Netflix and and doing uh, and working on movies. So that's about <laughs> it. Well, uh, good luck, and uh, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.